listen to this part. And he has put eternity in their hearts. Would you say that God has put eternity in my heart? (laughs) What does this mean? As a follower of Christ, eternal things should scream at us the way life screams at us. When the Lord shows up in a room, it should be like the ding on our watch or the ring of our phone or our knock on our door or a problem that arises that needs our attention. When we sense the glory and the presence of God, it should alert us to give our aim and our attention to him because he's put eternity in our hearts. The deep longing that every one of us feels for more, how many feel that? Like, I want more. That is God. He put his desire in our hearts for eternal things. And the Lord wants us to begin to give our attention to eternal things. That means we're going to become distracted more by eternity than by the things of this natural world. Amen? God wants us to begin to turn our attention to eternal things. Now, I'm going to just kind of walk you through a story. This is not a sermon. This is literally me lifting the veil into a very intimate encounter that I had this week. As a matter of fact, Kyle and Matt were also part of the encounter. They got to experience it and see it firsthand. So uh, uh, Mandy and I, let's just tell the whole story, all right? Mandy and I are part of a leaders network from Bethel Church, where Bill Johnson's pastor, uh, or the overseer of the entire church, the apostle there. And so we're part of their leadership network. We have been this whole year. It has put us in the room with some amazing people we never would have met before. It's put a demand on the call of God in our lives. It's put a demand on our uh, abilities like we've never experienced before. And a few months ago, um, our revival group pastor, uh, his name is Ray, he's like, hey, they're, they're recording some Bethel master classes. And a master class would be, maybe you've seen the commercials for them, like if you want to learn how to be an actor, you can take a, an acting class with Morgan Freeman or something. You can pay money and go to his master class on acting. Or you want to be a great chef, you can take a master class with Gordon Ramsay and become a great chef. Anyway, there's, so Bethel is doing these master classes on various subjects. And they wanted to do one here in the DFW area on prayer and intercession. And I didn't know what the topic was when they, they gave this. They said, hey, is there anyone in the DFW area that's part of our family and friends that has a studio space and a team that could record a master class for us? And I was like, sure. Yeah, we could do that. We have the space. We have, we have guys here that that's what they do really well, and I can ask them, do you want to donate your time and film this thing? And, and if we can help and we can make it happen, we'd love to. This was a few months ago. And through ebbs and flows, we finally set a date on the calendar, and it was this Friday. It was this last Friday. And so we came up. We set up the, the, the table right here. We had a table. We had a... Corey Russell from Upper Room, and he was from IHOP. Before that, IHOP is International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Corey Russell sat right here. We had a a lady from Upper Room. Uh, She just graduated three years at Bethel. Myself at the table. We had Ethan, who's in the school at Upper Room. We had another young lady who graduated third year at Bethel. I wasn't even supposed to be at this table. It was supposed to be other people. And, And last week, they're like, hey, we think you're supposed to be at the table. We think you could add something. Will you sit at this table? I was like... Sure, I'd love to. My first thought was, no, I just want to be there and help. I don't want to, I don't want to be on camera listening and responding, taking notes. I just want to be in the room. And they're, they're like, no, we think that you should be there, that you're going to add something to it. I was like, okay, cool, I'll be there. 
So we're sitting here. Again, all the details that had to happen for this event to happen. Okay, if you don't know who Corey Russell is, look him up and listen to his stuff. Unbelievable, man of intercession and prayer. Uh, Matt, Matt and Kyle, were, I think that was one of the things that impressed us. The, when he first got saved out of drugs and alcohol, crazy lifestyle, hard drugs and alcohol, he was, it was just wild. When he got saved, he went and was trained by two ladies in their 50s and a lady in her 80s on how to pray. That was just, that's what he did first. Um, because he had some DUIs and couldn't really go anywhere, had some time on his hands. Anyway, so this this is who he is. And so we're sitting here. The sessions are amazing. We they're forty five minute sessions. We filmed the first one. It was awesome. We're taking. I've got notes and notes and notes. We go to the second session. It's amazing. I'm taking notes. We take a break. He does a scene change. Changes his shirt. We use the restroom. We go get coffee. Now before this event ever happened, I couldn't sleep. And I've been praying since I knew it was coming. I was like, Lord, I feel like we're supposed to have it at our church for a reason. And I don't know what that reason's for, but I've been praying for weeks for this. I couldn't sleep the night before. I got up really early. I came here early. I got breakfast for them. They didn't eat one thing we got for breakfast. I I, I did all this extra stuff. And the Lord says, that was actually an offering for me. That wasn't even for them. Thank you, Amber, for helping me set up that offering. <laughs> uh, so, so we did this. I, I came in and I began to pray over the property before they came. I walked through the building. I was like, Lord, you're doing something here today. We've got a man of God coming to this house, and I want something that he has on his life to be deposited in our church. And I'm praying and I'm walking through. And so session two finishes. Again, I'm not even supposed to be at the table, and I am. Session two finishes. I go get some coffee. I come and sit down right here in my chair. And when my rear end hits the chair, a bomb goes off. Like loud, it sounded like childbirth going on. It was screaming, it was prayer. Some of you may not have experienced this or been around this in your life, but there is a side to the kingdom that none of us ever see because they're not the, the stage performers that, that we see in churches, but behind every move of God is an army of people that do this in secret that no one sees. They're called the intercessors, and they actually shake up the heavens. And as I sat in this chair, a bomb goes off, and this young lady here begins to manifest and pray, and then as if on cue, He set eternity in our hearts. You're doing something, Lord. Every one of them busts into intercession and prayer. And I'm sitting down going, what did I miss? (laughs) Literally, I'm kind of like, it's uncomfortable how loud this girl is giving birth next to me and there's no child here. Strange noises, something's, and the the whole time I knew something was going to happen and I'm sitting there discerning, okay, what am I supposed to do? And the Lord says this, Jared, this is for you. And I start crying. So they start, they're beating on the table. They're walking around the room and praying. Ethan's drunk in the spirit, (laughs) literally wobbling around this room praying. And then this young lady next to me, as the Lord's telling me, this is for you, this is for you, this is for your church, this is for you, this is for your church. I did this for you. This is for your church. She begins to, begin to cry out and pray, break up the fallow ground. And she begins to intercede, break up the fallow ground with groanings. They're praying in tongues. We're all crying. I'm praying with no words coming out of my mouth. Internally, I know God's doing something. Break up the fallow ground. And the Lord's saying, this is for your church. This is for you. And then she says, 
it's this church. It's this church. And Corey goes, you're right. He snaps his finger. You're right. This is for this church. We're here today for this church. And they go to town for our church for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes, they're prophesying. They're walking through this room. We're having an encounter of God. A Holy Ghost bomb blew up in this room. And they begin to prophesy over me. They begin to lay their hands on me and say things. Again, I can't share all of them publicly. But they begin, they begin to pray healing and begin to pray over this house. And they begin to say that this house has been destined to be a house of revival. That it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be like it is now. And that it we're supposed to break up the fallow ground. You want to, want to know what fallow means? See, in the Bible... You're supposed to leave the ground fallow for, for a year, to rest, for it to rest. They even say, from a, for a matter of fact, you're supposed to leave it untilled and leave it alone for a year. You rotate your crops, you leave the ground fallow for a year. But it's only supposed to be fallow for a year. Yeah. Not for however many years it's been fallow. And what will happen to that ground if it stays fallow is ground that once was useful and fruitful becomes useless. It becomes a road. It becomes like the road of the parable of the seed. It was sown on hard, stony ground. That's what's happened to this church over time. I'm just going to be real and prophetically honest with you. We're not supposed to stay fallow anymore. We're supposed to break up the fallow ground until he rains righteousness on us. And they begin to prophesy and they begin to declare things over this house. There's a Joseph anointing on you and on this house. And I was like, oh, our executives, our associate pastor preached this last week. Like the Lord said all of this up. There were so many specific details that were given here. They said revival is coming. Rivers are breaking forth. And years ago, Teresa Dedman, who is a prophetic artist from Bethel, came to our little bitty church in Arlington, the Bridge Church, and she painted a painting, and in it, there are, there's a bowl being poured out from heaven, and there are five streams and rivers flowing on dirt, yellow, fallow ground. Manny, go get it. Thank you very much. And as, she, as this is happening, and they're praying, break up the fallow ground, and they're saying rivers are breaking forth on this fallow ground. I got that picture in my head. Well, well, guess whose master class we used to get the setting right? It was Teresa Dedman's. Like, it was these little details that God does to say, hello, I put eternity in your heart. Turn your attention to me. And we're supposed to sow new seed in this ground. And a river's going to break forth. They even put a time on it, and I'm going to say it publicly. They're like, revival's coming within a year. Revival. And when they said the word revival, I got a picture. So I've had a movie playing in my head for probably about six months, maybe a little bit longer, maybe less. I can't, I'm not great with remembering time it's because it goes so fast. <laughs> My goodness. And in, in this vision that I had, I walked into the church, and the Lord took me like I flew through the building, like I was a drone flying through every room of this property. And the Lord showed me what he's going to do here. And in every place that there was room in this building, people were being ministered to by God. People were being prophesied over. People were getting up out of wheelchairs. I saw so many Indian people that were getting saved all over this property. 
all over this property. As a matter of fact, in, in this drone video that I see going through the hallway, in the nursery, little kids are praying for other little kids, and God's in the room. And you go in the kids' class, and little kids are prophesying over each other. And the youth are prophesying and writing songs to the Lord. And in every little hallway, anywhere there was a chair where two people could gather, people were being ministered to. And the drone footage took me, it took me next door to where our future sanctuary is going to be, where we'll, we'll be worshiping soon. I declare it. And I saw that revival was happening in that room. But everywhere on the property, revival was happening. And I wasn't offended that it wasn't only, wasn't only happening in the church service. Every parking space, that you look out in the parking lot and people would get out of their cars crying. And someone, our parking attendants were the prophetic team and they would prof- prophesy over people as they came in the parking lot. This is what God showed me, that he wants this place to be. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. The Lord's like, you don't have to know how. Just let eternity draw you and draw your attention. And so as they say, revival's coming to this house. Springs are coming up. Rivers are breaking forth of the fallow ground. I get this picture in my head of this. Thank you very much for doing that. This is the painting from what year was that? 2010, probably. 2010. 10 or, or 11, I don't think she put the date on here, but I, I think back, that's close to when, when she came. And she painted this, and I'll be honest with you. I thought, it's an awesome painting. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I don't know what, what, it, what it's for. And so I'm trying to rationalize it through the years. Like, well, there's a five-fold ministry, and I do believe that. There's the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, and he's going to pour out the five-fold. Yeah, but why is the ground so hard and fallow? Why is it a desert? <laughs> Why is there a desert here? And the Lord was showing me what he was going to send me to. Again, I'm, I, I can just, I'm just an open person, so I didn't want to come back here. The Lord told me to come back here for over a year, and I told him no for over a year. I was like, I, I don't want to. I don't know why publicly, privately, I know my reasons why. And the Lord's like, you're supposed to go back home. We come back here, and I fell in love with this place. I fell in love with the people here. I fell in love with the history here again. I just have. Like, this is home. But it's been, it's been hard because the Lord keeps showing me these images in my head, and then I walk in, and I'm like, whoa, it's not what I see in my head yet. <laughs> And they, as they prayed over, over me, they said, you made a good choice to come back home. They, they don't know anything about me. They don't even really know the name of the church. Like the girls didn't know the name of the church. They didn't know, they didn't really even know I was a pastor here until a little late. Like it was insane. You made a good choice to come back home. God is going to send revival. And I, I can't tell you all the deep, all the deep things the Lord did and very specific things he prophesied. But here's what I know. It would be a sin for us to go back to normal. After all God did to arrange this video recording, the people he put at the table, 
that weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> the young people that were here, they've only been here for a few months and they got to be at this table. The quickness that they responded to eternity in the moment, that when I sat in my chair after a break, eternity sprung into this room. It, it, it was an explosion. It was, it was weird. I thought they were having a conversation in the kitchen without me. Nope. They were just waiting. And the, the speed at which they turned their heart toward what God was doing. And then, remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the honoring the point? That when someone has an encounter with God, there's a thing where we honor that they're having an encounter and we just point with them until we have the encounter. That I saw that on display, instant response to the Lord. And I said, Lord, do that in our house. Do that in our house. Give us people that instantly respond to the movings of eternal things. Look, there are going to be some transitions that are going to have to happen in all of us. We cannot go back to normal. For God to arrange everything to get us in that moment, it would be foolish for us not to rearrange our lives and how we do church and ministry from here going forward. And he says, it's time. They said that. It's time. Declared it over this house. It's time. Some of you have stayed way longer than you naturally would have stayed in this fallow setting. And I know that there's a reward for you for that. You will see things that you never thought you would see. You will hear with your ears unbelievable, unsearchable things, supernatural things are, are breaking out. They're already happening in our in our church. They're already beginning to happen every day. All these eternal things being pull, pulling on our hearts. It's happening right now. And I feel the Lord telling us it's time for us to take territory. It's time for us to break up the fallow ground. It's time for us to sow good seed into the soil again. How do you break up the fallow ground? Intercession. That is the only way to break up the fallow ground is to intercede and to pray. It cannot happen any other way. Preaching doesn't break up the fallow ground. Singing does not break up the fallow ground. Knowledge, nothing breaks up the ground except for prayer. And I, I want to give everyone here a call to prayer, a call to intercession. There's a harvest that's available here that can only be brought in through intercession. Amen? Amen. How many have cried a lot of tears in the last 10 to 20 years? <laughs> Guess what tears are? Tears are also intercession. Yes, come on. Did you know the Bible says, precious in the sight of God are the tears of the saints. It's amazing. Corey began to teach on the three, three things of revival prayer, and the first one was tears, because tears tenderize. Tongues will till up the ground. When you don't know how to pray, you pray in tongues, and it tills up the ground. And then there's the travail that births the thing. I'm calling you all to tears, to tongues, and tra to travail. 
he gave us a really beautiful picture of what tears do. Uh, you know, it's, I was like, this is great because I'm the biggest crier. I cry all the time. <laughs> I cry. Big boys don't cry. I guess we do, right? Um, and he says that there's a prophet named Bob Jones. He tells this story, and he had never be- met Bob before, but he meets Bob through this ridiculous encounter. I'll just make this very short. And they had had a dream the night before that there was a python that was strangling them, and it was witchcraft. And it was, it was trying to strangle the move of God. And there, this was Corey and a friend of his had prayed for God to give them a dream. And in that dream, Bob Jones was part of the dream. And he and Corey Russell joined hands and began to call forth um, a, a, a billion soul harvest. It was something that Bob Jones prophesied would happen in our lifetime, that we would see a billion souls enter the kingdom. We're in the middle of that harvest, the beginning of that harvest right now. Well, they had never met Bob Jones. They wake up, they're in a hotel, separate hotel rooms. They go down to eat breakfast. A lady walks up to the table and says, hey, are you Alan? I can't think of his last name. And he goes, yes, I am. She goes, well, my name is Bonnie Jones. Me and my husband, Bob Jones, are here. They just had a dream. He shows up at the place where they are. And Bob Jones, was he's passed away. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But he's, a, he's one of those weird prophets that when they talk, you're kind of like, I know this is amazing. I know this is awesome, but I have no idea what you're talking about, you know? And so they're having that moment with him. And finally they said, hey, would you pray, would you pray for me? He goes, what do you think I've been doing this whole time? I'm, I'm interceding over you. He says, have you boys been crying? He asked him, have you guys been crying? They're, yes, sir, we've been crying. He goes, well, God gave you tears because tears will tenderize. He goes, but tears also take the witchcraft out of your eyes. He says, what witchcraft has done to you boys is witchcraft has made you look backwards and see the past through lies. And witchcraft has taken you and caused you to look into the future through the lens of lies. He goes, but your tears will wipe away the witchcraft from your eyes. He says, I saw you standing there with a python wrapped around you. (laughs) That was their dream. He goes, your tears are the cure for the witchcraft specifically Mandy and I have been assaulted with that witchcraft spirit for at least 12 years. We've faced it head on. We have seen this spirit. We have done battle with it over and over and over again. And since that time till now, I have cried more in my life. And and, and Kyle had the same thing. He wrote these notes as he listened. The tears have wiped the witchcraft from our eyes. The witchcraft that makes us look backwards and see things through the wrong lens. A lot of us have been in this church for a long time, and we look back at the past of this church, and we've seen it through the lens of lies. I'm going to prophesy right now. We have seen experiences and things that we even went through with, with the lens, the tint of lies on it. And it's witchcraft trying to choke out and cause the ground to stay fallow. And then because of the lies of the past, we look forward and we're like, we see it through the lies. Oh, nothing can happen here. It's been fallow for so long. It's so difficult. It's so hard. This isn't going to happen. Why? Oh, it's lies. Well, the Lord says no more. The tears that we've shed are wiping away the witchcraft from our eyes. Mm-hmm. <sighs>
And the Lord did all of this for us for such a time as this. The time is now. I've been feeling it for so long. We've been praying for it. We've been asking God for it. And the Lord says it's time. The tears are tenderizing. Where are the tongues? He said we should pray in tongues every single day. 15 minutes. Why? Because when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit himself will make intercession through us, through words and groanings that we don't know what they are. But he knows. And I want to call the church to tongues. If you have received your prayer language, use it every single day. Pray in tongues. Start with that. Amen. Something happens. The Bible says that when we pray in tongues, that it actually edifies ourselves. Yes. How many have ever been down and you just started praying in tongues and you, you encouraged yourself and you have no idea what you've said? Wow. That's, that's what tongues are for. And tongues prophesy. Yes. So I'm calling you to tears. That was pretty easy. I'm calling you to tongues. If you don't have your prayer language, you need to have your prayer language. It's so important to encourage you. If you're like, man, I keep going through seasons of depression, discouragement, pray in tongues. I know it's not mental health, but it, it, will, it will change your mental health. It absolutely will. And then there's the travail. How many of you ladies gave birth naturally? Just raise your hand. There's a travail that happens. Did you know intercession and travail is not just for the women? We're to, we're to birth something. See, there's a real enemy who hates what God is doing. He hates you, he hates me, and he hates anything that's pure and holy. He hates anything that has hope attached to it. Why do you think he attacks hope all the time? He hates hope. And the Lord wants us to birth something. He wants us to travail and to birth new hope. I I shared this with the intercessory team before service. I'm going to share it with everyone here as an act of repentance. You do not see me pray enough. I hide my prayer life, even from my own family. I hide because I'm a weirdo. And I'm proud. And I don't, I haven't wanted people to see that side of me. It's too intimate. And the Lord says, no more. Corey shared this. He says, when the disciples saw all that Jesus did, they asked him one thing, teach us to pray. And they didn't say, tell us how to pray. They said, show us your prayer life. And they would see Jesus hide. He would hide. He would go and hide and be alone. But then they would see him travail. Even before his death, he travailed to tears that turned to blood. They saw it. Our kids need to see our travail. They need to hear our tongues. They need to see our tears. So I make a commitment. You will see me lead in prayer more. Because I, I do have an intercessory call 
I do pray in secret and things happen. I know this. But I'm also a warrior. I'm a man. I pray with a sword in my hand like this. I pray with a sword because I'm travailing. I'm warring because there is an enemy there. You're like, man, why has life been so hard? Because there is a devil who hates you. I have so many weird things happen to us because the devil hates you, but we're going to break that off. Trey, when I saw Corey ministering, the Lord showed me your face on him. And he said, you have the same call on your life. And it's crazy. As he talked, all I could see was your face. And I was like, oh, that's Trey in 10 years. That's Trey in 10 years. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a weird, wild journey. I saw your face on his. Some of you men, we're going to rise up and we're going to be warriors in the secret place. We're going to travail and we're going to give birth to something for our kids' sake, for our grandkids' sake. So the tears... I let people see the tears. The tongues, if you're close to me, you'll hear my tongues. But have you heard my travail? The groanings? It's not a show. It's not a, it's not a religious exercise because you can't make these things happen to you. It's, it's, it's responding to eternity. It takes you into these moments. And I just feel a shift in our church. And I'm asking you to go there with me. I've, I've, we're going to take this church by the scruff of the neck and make room for it to become a revival church. We're just going to. We're going to wrestle it through prayer into revival. We're going to break up the fallow ground. They begin to prophesy over this house and what we've been called to. And they were so specific. There were things I've heard many times before. Such specific prophecies. And so today's an invitation for your life to be wrecked. It's an invitation to rearrange around a different aim Our aim is eternal things. Like, I'm not just pastoring a church. We're birthing eternal things. We speak to this fallow ground, this weathered, this worn, this previously fruitful ground. And we prophesy over you to come alive. Become rich in nutrients again. May our tears tenderize and prepare the soil. May our tongues till up the soil. Yeah, come on, I invite you right now just to begin to pray.
We break up the fallow ground right now. Never the same. Never the same again. We break off the witchcraft right now in Jesus' name. We break off the witchcraft spirit in Jesus' name. The spirit of rebellion. We break it off right now in Jesus' name. We break off that spirit that lies to us. We break off the lies. We have no source in ourselves. The father of lies lied because he spoke from his own resources. We are desperate and only only can do anything through you, Jesus. We're, we're in need of you. We're, in, we're poor in spirit. We say yes, we say yes. If you've experienced that witchcraft on your life, shed tears washes the witchcraft out of our eyes. The Bible says those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Come on. never go back. We will never be the same. God, may what you're doing frame how we live our lives from here on out. May it give meaning and purpose to our lives. May it arrange and shape us. May it arrange what we look at, what we listen to, what we give our strength to. When people think of this church, we wash the witchcraft from the eyes. We break off every lie that's been spoken, every untruth that's been twisted, every curse that's been spoken, every betrayal we say, it's over. Every betrayal. (laughs) How many of you will commit yourselves to this? To prayer. Every day. You have to pray every day. We have to pray and read the word. 
Like, we, we can't make it without it. God, we got to be in the word and we got to pray. We got to pray in tongues. You have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's just a, it's a gift. <laughs> it's the key that unlocks the whole kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the key that unlocks the entire kingdom. Can I, I, want, I want to ask who, who here has felt in your life a, a calling to intercession and you've been doing this? Would you stand? I, I want to see. I want to see who you are because we're, we're putting you to work. <laughs> we're putting you to work. Come on. Yep. Oh. One of the things Corey said was that for every voice of breakthrough, he was going to give seven hidden voices of intercession. Oh, come on. The intercessors. Whew. Day and night, night and day, we present incense to the Father. You come alive when we sing that song because of that, that line right there, day and night, night and day. All you intercessors come alive then. Come on. I do. Every time we sing that, I'm like, oh, yes, day and night. He's going to awaken you, awaken you in your sleep, begin to travail and birth things into the kingdom. Come on. We commission you as intercessors to call things that are not as though they are through prayer. Whew. Here's the most critical part of all of this. Quick response to eternal things. Quick response to eternal things. That was the, the feeling I get when I think about this encounter was how quickly it exploded. They didn't have to teach on it. They didn't talk about it. They didn't share notes. Hey, what are you feeling? What are you? No. The bam, they hit the room. Woo. It was amazing. I was like, I, I don't know if you were rolling tape through that. I was like, oh, I, I, I was twisting. I was telling her, I don't know if Matt may have been rolling through that because we were rolling through a lot of it, but it was long. I knew it was, I mean, it was, it was 30, but man, how quickly they all just, oh, that's what God's doing. Bam, they were all in it. The unit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then when, when she said, it's this church, it's this church, that's it. And bam, they, all, all of them sprung into it. The, the how quickly, and I've seen this, I've experienced this uh, in these types of atmospheres, and I want, I want it to be this atmosphere here. I want it to be, so Father, we come to you, and I ask that you would stir up the gift of prayer and intercession in this house. Forgive us for putting it on the back. Forgive us for making it a minor thing. It is the thing. You said your house would be called a house of prayer. Not a house of worship. Not a house of preaching. House of prayer for all nations. God, make Fire Life a house of prayer. We will. We will be a house of prayer. We are a house of prayer. I am a house of prayer.
<laughs> We've been preparing the property and the building for this season. I'm telling you. <laughs> it logically didn't always make sense. If the Lord said to build, we say yes. It's because everyone in here, we're all about to birth sons and daughters into the kingdom. <laughs> Entire families are going to get saved, I prophesy. He, he says he will save you and your household. <sighs> your whole house. Come on. <laughs> Ooh. I'll say maybe one more thing. <clears throat> we have to give up our right to be offended. Yeah. Come on. Our right to understand. Because yeah. things that God will do sometimes do not, they don't make sense. And they will offend us. Come on. My first reaction to what happened was, I'm a little offended by this. Like, hmm. Like, that first thing. And then I was like, oh, the Lord says, no, this is for you. Oh, this is you. Oh, I'm not offended at that. Come on. I don't want to have my first instinct to be offense. And I don't want to have to understand. Because the things that, I, that have been prophesied over Mandy and I, they offended me. There were things prophesied over us that offended me, but I'm like, I don't want that to happen to me. No. <laughs> I don't want to look like a fool. Heaven forbid, I mean, you know. Yeah. I'm, so we just got, we have to give the Lord permission. He's God. He does whatever he wants. Let yes, I me mean, know that to be true. He's God. He does whatever he wants. Like the Bible is so full of there were way better ways to do things. Yeah. <laughs> and God's like, I'll do whatever I want. I can save by many or by few. I can talk through a donkey. <laughs> it's, for some some it's okay it's the long way around some people some people it's instant I don't it doesn't matter just get there yeah. just get there just respond yeah. it doesn't matter how fast it doesn't matter if you're the loudest prayer or the one who sits in silence and prays none of it matters just respond yeah. but let's not be offended yeah. if some weird things start happening because we're going to start taking some some, uh, what's it called when you go out on a thing from school? Field field, we're going to start taking some field trips with the church to some of these places where stuff's going on. And we're going to see how, <laughs> how offended we get and how open we are to not knowing what's going on. But we need it here. We need the fire of God here. Whatever God does with, with that is up to him. But we need the fire of God here. Amen. So... We'll, we'll just throw some field trips together in the next few weeks and months, and we'll say, hey, who wants to go to Up Room for a prayer set? Let's go. Let's do it. Who wants to go to a worship night? All right, let's go. Wherever God's doing stuff, we need to go. Because I know when revival breaks out in places, it's because they go to where revival's happening, and they bring it back. So, God, we just say yes.
can do anything you want here, God. We say yes. Father, I ask that you bless every home with revival. Bless every marriage with revival. Bless every son and daughter with revival. Bless every business with the presence of God in revival. When people go to get groceries at any of the Ogu stores, may the presence of God just touch them. May the fire of God touch their lives. Yes. Hmm. And Shagoon's doing his job as a pharmacist. May people be healed. (laughs) As people here that do installs for people's houses, if they go into people's houses, may they leave a deposit of the presence of God. Yes. We say yes. Amen. Hey, we have a Christmas party Friday, so we would love for you to join us. There's a sign-up sheet there or on the app. If you have your offering in person, we have buckets. We'll take it up on the way out. But we'd love for you to be here Friday at 7 o'clock. We're going to have fun. We'll make it as much fun as we want to. You bring the fun with you, we'll have fun. All right? And so we'd love to have you here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for responding. And this is the call to tears tongues and travail every day. Amen. And we say yes. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you.